Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, and your Nittany Lions are 9-2 and two after a 55-10 to 10 walloping over the Butker Scarlet Knights in Piscataway. Get fucked, Rutgers. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host, Pat Calico. Pat, we're 9-2, and 55-10. Things are good. How are you feeling? I feel good. You know, I, I think this is something we can cover kind of at the end of the season, but I mean, I just, I feel really good about where this program is right now in comparison to where it was at the beginning of this season. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and yeah, we'll probably get more into it after, uh, after this week's game. And as we look ahead to bowl season, all that, but, but I agree. I, I tweeted out uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, Hey, we can still go 10 and two, you know, a lot of teams would be happy with Sean Clifford. And I said, listen, you know, if you want to be happy, be happy. I want more. And like, I stand by that, but yes, I am happy for nine and two on the precipice of 10 and two looking at, you know, possible, uh, a likely new year's six bowl, depending on how these rankings come out, uh, tonight, I think the CFP rankings come out. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm, I am happy. You know, the frustrations <laughs> mid season of, I want more. You always want more. You want to be a big 10 champion. You want to be in the college football playoff, but I agree that these last couple games after, you know, the second loss to Ohio State, you always wonder how are we going to rebound? You know, is the team going to be let down? Are we going to slow down? And these guys have come out and just and really dominate. And it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of guys getting in action, a lot of young guys getting snaps. Um, the offense has been humming. The defense has been playing tremendous. It's it's been fun to watch. And, and yeah, you know, the, the losses suck. It would be great to be undefeated and, and heading into a Big Ten championship. But I think right now, all things considered. I'm I'm pretty happy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you, you should we should want more as fans. But I think there's a fine line between the wanting more and the fans who act like this is some sort of tragedy that we're not yeah. into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's one of the big things on Twitter. All all the all the accounts that I you know I follow and interact with are all like you know you you wouldn't most most people didn't have us at 10 and 2 coming into the season most people had you know an early loss whether it be the auburn or the opener at purdue or whatever it was a lot of people thought we'd be 9 and 3 8 and 4 um probably myself included i don't remember what i predicted at the beginning of the season but i don't know that i predicted 10 and 2 i don't think i did so yeah things are good um we are going to recap the Rutgers game here uh, later this week we'll get uh your michigan state preview we will actually do it this week because every time i say it and then we don't do it we are recording both tonight this way on uh thursday after you stuff your faces with turkey and all the glorious sides we'll drop that on thursday afternoon you can listen to the preview get ready for that final game of the season but today we are here to talk about the Rutgers game we will start as we always do with our lion award which is the mvp of the game and pat i think this is the first time in a while there's not like a clear layup because a lot of good things happen I think there's a couple guys that I wrote down that I think you might give it to, um, but I have a couple options just in case uh, in case we had the same one. So go ahead and start it out. Who is your lion for this game? Uh, you know, I'm actually I'm I'm going with a bit of a dark horse on this one. I'm giving this to Sean Clifford. Oh, um, he, he did not he did not wow in the stat box. Um, he didn't have a bad game by any means, but you know that like first half of football where Penn State did not look good. Sean Clifford was kind of the only thing keeping that offense on the tracks because the running game was not working. Rutgers was stacking the box and kind of daring Penn State to pass, and we just weren't doing it. I was not a fan of the play calling in that first half. Uh, it, it felt like we 
Penn State just told themselves, hey, we're the better team. We should be able to run all over them no matter what defense they're throwing at us. And then the first half, especially the first quarter, it didn't look that way. Um, and, you know, I, like, I think this, this is a game that in years, the two years previously could have gotten very ugly for Penn State with just the way that they opened. Um, but, like, dude, Sean Clifford kept this offense on track. He made some, actually some nice throws downfield. Um, and kind of even just stopped us from going three and out over and over and over again uh, with, which, uh, with, again, I, I think a, a play call calling like scheme that was working against him. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I actually, it's funny. One of my notes, I actually wrote down nice game from your sish. I think that's probably like late second, second quarter half. on yeah. second half on um, first half. I yeah. found it infuriating. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I I didn't I didn't think Clifford was in the running for this award, but you know you you stay true to your colors there, Sean Clifford. Um, I did write my love letter to him on Twitter today. If I you saw haven't that. seen it, check it out. Um, you know, give him give him his flowers. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he made some really nice plays. I, I thought it, in my notes about the Yersich play calling, I I thought found some soft spots over the middle for Cliff. Um, Trey Wallace had a nice catch over the middle. Mitch Tinsley had a nice catch over the middle, and those were just like those were the nice pitch catch throws that like. Sometimes scare me from Cliff. <laughs> like, all right, he's going to yeah. airmail one, or it doesn't happen. And he was delivering strikes. So, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll give you that to you, Sean Cliff. Yeah, he, he was You're consistent. I, I didn't really see any bad throws. And, again, he just – he made this not a complete mess in the first half. Yeah. Where it really could he had a, he had a couple of nice plays with the legs too. I mean, he had the one touchdown nice on the design quarterback run, which was great. Um, he had one where it was like a, it was like a read option, I think, to Singleton, um, but he pulls it and like. It was almost weird. It, it wasn't like a direct run. It almost like he did like a little like roundabout, faked mm-hmm. everyone out, got like twelve yards on it. It was nice to see. Yeah, he had a solid game. All right, shout out Sean Clifford. You are a lion this week. Um, he is not one of the ones I had listed. I had about three other guys listed, but I, I think I know who I'm going to go for this one. Uh, my line is going to go to Kobe King. Um, okay, all right. He's he's a guy who I I was. I had my question marks about earlier this season, early on, uh, before we were playing Abdul Carter regularly, I was like, what the fuck? These linebackers aren't getting it done. Um, I think I said at that point, Tyler Elton was just playing bad and Kobe King really hadn't found his stride yet. Um, he's come along and played really well. And I mean, he ends this game as, you know, Penn State's leading tackler, six tackles, two solo, uh, did not get in on the sack and tackle for loss parade, but he had a damn touchdown. Um, early on in the game, the offense hadn't scored yet. We had, uh, I think it was Singleton had the run back and then, you know, this play happens where Marquise Wilson makes just a great play on the ball, pops it out. And Kobe King is right there to pick it up and score. Um, did he blow the doors off the stat sheet? No. Did he, you know, did he cause the fumble? No, but man had a touchdown played good linebacker. And I was really, really happy to see it. So there's a bunch of other guys on this defense that we'll talk about as we get into awards and as we get into just uh, notes on the game, but I was really, really happy to see Kobe King play the way that he did have some nice tackles, make some nice plays and score. What I believe is his first collegiate touchdown. So shout out Kobe King. You are my lion this week. A, a D Teddy will always get you a lion award. Yeah, I mean it's exciting. We had we had a couple to choose from, right? Yeah, Jair, Jair Brown was on my list. That was a nice play. Curtis Jacobs made some nice plays. Um, but I just, I again, I think Kobe's a guy that you know I haven't really talked about a lot, haven't given him any love, and and this was a fun game to watch him play. So Kobe King, you're my line. Love that. All right, let's jump into awards. What do you got first for us? I'm going with the Chris Hankin Award. Oh God, you know I was I was about to say you normally have some like creative names. 
This is a Chris Hankin Award. Ladies Chris Hankin Award, baby. If you don't know, I'm Chris Hankin. Uh, so this is going to go to the best-looking guy on the team, I presume? For, for, for new listeners of the podcast, there is, Chris Hankin is co-host of No Names All Game, <laughs> runner of the Twitter account, and predictor of kick return touchdowns. Yes, Nick <laughs> so Singleton. Nick Singleton, baby. Who, I love although it. you stopped predicting it about, I don't know, a season and a half ago, Chris used to predict a punt or kick return touchdown almost every game. And finally, we've got one, baby. <laughs> we got one. That was like a regular thing for me for a while. I was like, when Jahan Dawson was returning punts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably goes back to like after Saquon was returning kicks. I was just like, we're going to get one. We're going to get one. Yeah. Uh, we, we did not do a preview for Rutgers. And you know what? I don't know if I would have predicted it, but I, I'd like to think I would have. Um, that was just, I mean, that was beautiful. That was Saquon-esque. You know, that reminded me of his Ohio State return, uh, the one he had against Indiana when we had the Generations of Greatness ones. I mean, Nick Nick hit one hole and was basically gone. Like, great blocking all around. Shout out to the entire kickoff team or kick return team. But, I mean, he just put it to extra gear. And, like, I mean, that was that was football porn. Yeah. All right. Shout out Nick Singleton. Nice and easy. Um Chris Hankin, that's that's gonna boost my ego. I like that. All right, my first one. Uh, this is a little, a uh, little. Uh, it's not quite on the nose. People are gonna have to think about this one for a little bit. But this is the DK Metcalf Award. DK Metcalf Award. I feel like it's got to be about yak. Not quite. That's why. That's what I'm saying. It's not quite on the nose. DK Metcalf is a wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, you think this maybe would go to a wide receiver, but it does not. Play it on me. DK Metcalf is very famously known for one play that gets used at memes all the time where I think it's Russell Wilson was the quarterback at the time, throws an interception uh, to the Cardinals, maybe it's Buda Baker or Patrick Peterson or someone who is taking it to the house for pick six. And DK Metcalf turns on the Jets, chases him down like 70 yards, tackles him, and I believe that team did not even score off of that. So that was a game-changing play from Hustle. This goes to two guys because it happened twice in this game. First, Jake Penninger. On the ensuing kickoff after the Nick Singleton kick return for a touchdown, Rutgers is taking that thing. It's going down the sideline. That's a momentum changer. Like, hey, we just scored. We have this 100-yard 100, 100 return. They're taking it back. The broadcaster even says, like, are we going to have back-to-back returns? And Penninger, we the last line of defense, chases that man down makes not the prettiest of form tackles I've ever seen, but gets him down. Rutgers tackles a tackle, score, baby. Saves a touchdown. It's not everyone very, can be Joey important. Julius. Correct. Correct. Uh, and then the second guy, it happened again later. This goes to Kalen King. There is a slant route over the middle. Uh, it looks like we sent, I think it was Dixon, sent on a blitz from the corner, and the ensuing linebacker, whoever, like, settled into the zone, just kind of got beat. And this Rutgers wide receiver takes a slant, for like, I think it was like 55 yards. Same thing. He has a wide open lane to the end zone for a touchdown. Kalen King chases his ass down, tackles him. No points on the board for Rutgers. Those are two plays. That could be 14 points. Early in a game when, yeah, I still think we win. I still think we blow him out. Those are momentum shifters. Those are morale shifters. Those are hustle plays. And to those two guys, they get my DK Metcalf award for saving touchdowns with their hustle. Love that. All right, what's your next award? I'm going with the uh, the Breakfast Club Award. The Breakfast Club. That's right. Okay, there's a, there's a jock, a basket case, a loser. I don't remember all the, the things. Uh, don't you forget about me, right? Don't you That's right. forget you're on, you're about me. You're on the right me. track here. Okay, who are we not forgetting about that? Dom DeLuca, baby. Okay. 
kid who's been under the radar all year. He's he's a, a guy who plays with a lot of heart, a guy that nobody talks about. But he comes in, he has three tackles, I want to say a sack and a tackle for loss. You know, I, again, it did, he didn't light up the stat sheet, but that's a great day from a linebacker right there. Uh, and he, it, he's a guy who he's going to be competing with some of these stud young guys coming in looking for playing time. Don't forget about Dom DeLuca, man. He's a football player. Yeah, because he's young, right? I think he's a I think second he's or third a, year guy. Might be a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. Let's yeah. See here. Yeah, freshman. Wow. Shout out Dom DeLuca. That's awesome. Yeah, he played really well. Um, I, I I put out a tweet today on our Twitter. If you didn't see it, uh, some account did one of those like bar graphs. It's like production all the way up, talent all the way up, recognition none. Um, got a lot of good answers on it. Um, a lot of people said Juice. A lot of people, uh, a couple people said Johnny Dixon. One person said Johnny Dom Dixon. DeLuca. One person said yeah. Dom DeLuca. So, yeah, I love that award. Shout out Dom DeLuca. By the way, um, in, in response to your last award, if only Jake Pinnegar was the punter for the New York Jets. Oh God! Don't even get me started. I was. Uh, <laughs> if if you guys follow us on Twitter, you saw I was in Las Vegas this weekend celebrating my dad's birthday. Shout out, Dad! Happy birthday! Love you, man. Uh, Pat and I are both Jets fans, uh, and and I I had I I bet the over in that game. It was thirty eight. I was like, oh, it's like yeah, for sure. It's three three with no time left. Uh, I, I bet I bet Jets plus three and a half. I was like, yeah, even if even if we lose on a field goal, I'm fine. Um, yeah, punt with like twenty six seconds left takes it to the house. I think it was only twelve. Whatever. If we had, if we had Pendergury, would have chased them down. Uh, the most Jets anyway, loss I've ever seen. Anyway, this is a Penn State podcast. We'll get back on track. Shout out Dom DeLuca. Don't you forget about Dom. Uh, my next award, and, and I, I mentioned some guys earlier. You know, Jair Brown, Curtis Jacobs. There's so many guys we could have given awards to for this game, but I wanted to go. I wanted to go a little uh, someone who doesn't get love all the time either. So this is the hard hat award. Hard hat award. Right. This is a guy who comes in every day with this lunch pail. Yep. Working I hard. Almost, I almost called it the lunch pail award. <laughs> he, 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 comes, he comes to work every day. Yep. Oh, see, that's a lineman type award, but I don't know if it's going to a lineman. It is not. It's going to a running back, man. This is going to Tank Smith. boy, Tank. Tank is a guy. I follow him on Twitter. You see him, he hypes up his teammates all the time. He's always interacting with people. People talk so highly of him. Anytime you see him mentioned, everyone in that room loves him. Um, he doesn't get a lot of caps, right? <laughs> As the fifth, sixth, whatever line uh, running back on this team for the last couple of years, he does not get many carries. Uh, in this game, he got one carry. It was in the red zone. Couldn't quite get there. Got stopped. You know what happens on that same exact series? It is fourth and goal. We're up however many points. Franklin here should say, we're punching it anyway. Drew Allard's going to take it himself. Who lays the menacing lead block? Tank Smith, man. Puts his hard hat on, grabs his lunch pail, says, hey, I don't care if I didn't get the touchdown. Hits hits the defender and lets Drew Allard go in for his first rushing touchdown of his career. Again, this guy is, you're never going to hear his name all that much, but I just want to say, Tank Smith, I appreciate what you've done for us. I appreciate what you brought to this team. You get a hard hat award for this game. Love that. Love a good Tank Smith award. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you know, you end of the game, you get to see a lot of these young guys in. You know, there's a lot of freshmen in that are are still gonna redshirt. There were guys that you know we haven't burned yet that got some playing time. Uh, guys like Tank, who you know just don't get the reps because of the talent ahead of them. Um, it was fun to see you know a true blowout game because like Maryland, you know, was thirty nothing. We got some guys in towards the end, but it wasn't quite 
wasn't quite this one-sided. So I really, really appreciated that. Um, all right. What else? Uh, what do you want to talk about? What do you got for this game? What kind of notes you got for us? Um, I mean, first quarter was, ugh. Yeah, and we scored I, uh, on on what a, a kick return and a defensive touchdown in the first quarter. Those were the first two scores. It was Nick Singleton and Kobe King. Yeah, I mean, it just. I think we punted like six out of our first seven drives. Um, Nick's fumble, I think, was in the first half. Yeah. It yeah. Let's just, well. Ugh. Yeah, so let's get the let's get some of the negatives out now because there's there's nothing but positives to talk about for the rest of this game. Um, Nick's fumble, he he's had a couple of them this year, and and like they just seem like they're so perfectly placed. Like I'm not, I'm not absolving him of blame. Like you got to hold on to the ball, but this guy, I mean, the helmet just goes directly onto the ball and pops it out. Um, as a as a guy who had Penn State minus nineteen and a half, that's a time where I think we were down at the time, or or maybe we were up slightly. And Rutgers gets the ball in their own territory. Scary. Not what you want to see. I mean, we were um, losing at one point, at two yeah. points in this game. Yeah, 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 early on. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. And then to your point, a lot of punts. It's up with our boy Barney. Not uh, not his yeah, best and game he was early on. Badly at first. Early on. He had, he had a beautiful one late in the game, pinned him on like the three-yard line. Um, early on, they were not looking too good. I mean, these possessions in the first quarter, three plays, six-yard punt, five plays, 11-yard punt, three plays, nine yards punt, five plays, 36 yards punt. I mean, just – and I, I what, what, what kills me is I think every single one of those was a third down, you know, ended with a third down run that yeah. didn't get a first down. And it was so frustrating. Um, you know, like I, I understand that – uh we, we've got talented running backs. We've got more talent. But we also have, like, a really beat-up offensive line. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we can't ju- just run the ball down someone's throat when they're stacking eight guys in the box. <laughs> right. You have to. Right. Some, sometimes you got to call what they're giving you. And, like, these third-down runs especially, it was like it, – it felt like every possession was run, pass, run. Yep. Run, pass, run. And, yeah. it, and if that pass didn't go for a first down, we were putting the ball. Yeah, and I think to your to your point earlier, it's just I think it was it was your shit saying, "Hey, we're more talented. I'm going to do this until it works." It was, this was me on the blackjack or me on the roulette table this weekend. Black kept losing, and I kept putting money on black. I was like, "It's got to work the next time. It's got to work the next time." That was your shit with the third down runs. Hey, they stopped him twice. It's got to work the next time. Um, and it never just played didn't. the outside of the table, Chris. You and Mike Yersich. Yes. Never play that side <laughs> of the table. It's, you right, got go to play the numbers. You got to play what the board has given you. I do. I go for the instant win. I want the home run. I want to double my money every time. Um, and I think that's what your search was trying to do. And, and, and yeah, there is, there's a bit of a patchwork O-line, but I think, you know, shout out to those guys. They've been, they've been holding their own for, for the amount of injuries that we've had. And some of the guys have been, have been called up to take those starting spots. Um, but yeah, it wasn't completely working. So I think as we move on into the game, we get a little bit later. I, I thought there were some nice things from Yersich. Um, our first, our first offensive touchdown uh, schemes Tyler Warren open on an island by himself. Uh, rewatched the game earlier today, putting together some notes for this episode, uh, and that was just a nice play fake to the right side. Tyler Warren pretends he's blocking for you know four seconds and then leaks out. Easy touchdown. Uh, I thought that was really really nice. Um, 
like I said earlier, finding some of those soft spots over the middle for Cliff to get uh, the easy passes was great. Uh, getting Cliff with his legs was great. Um, I thought I thought towards the end of the game, too, there were some nice things, even with like the second stringers in. Uh, I think it was a fourth down. They pulled up in the T formation, which we had some real good success on and ran a play fake and dumped it off to Katron. Drew to Katron with a little pass. I thought that was a nice wrinkle we hadn't seen before. So, yeah, I think maybe this was just a little overconfidence early on, not thinking that he had to get super creative. But over the time of the game, definitely opened it up and, and got a little bit better. Yeah, I just it was frustrating to watch because you know, it would be one thing if like we looked dominant and the, the play calling was uninspired, but like we were losing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, was, I, I was I was sitting there going, like, are we gonna lose to fucking Rutgers? Yeah, and I never was, oh, I never I never so had, obviously go ahead. Sorry, you first. I know I was gonna say I never I never thought we were in jeopardy of losing, but again, as someone who bet a significant amount of money on minus nineteen and a half, I was kicking myself like, oh shit. Every, every year we played down to Rutgers, we win 20 to seven or 23, 10 or whatever it is. I was like, this is going to be another one of those games. And then they turned it on. Um, and I think a large part of that was actually due to the running backs. Once they found their group. Um, I think both of them again, finished with a really nice stat line on the day. Katron, uh, you know, had the TD, which was, I mean, talk about hard half football. That man just would not go down. Uh, he, he was stopped like five yards before the end zone and just kept pushing, getting in. Uh, he had the big 59 yarder where he just broke free. Awesome. Uh, he finishes 11 carries for 117 yards. It's good for 10.6 a carry. And then Nick obviously had the kick return for touchdown, which was huge. And he had a few really nice runs too. He finishes nine for 62, which is good for 6.9 per carry. Nice. Um, and then I thought it was nice to see, uh, there were only two of them, but, uh, a couple passes, to Katron out of the backfield. I think that's something we're going to see a lot more of next year. Franklin said it in one of his press conferences when they were asked about the running backs. He said, you know, how how happy and proud he is of, of the way that they're running the football, but wants to get them more involved in the pass game. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. Yeah, I was just, it, it was, I don't know, it seemed to me like the the passing game was working like pretty early on. Um, I, I think at one point, I mean, Sean finished at like 65% completion percentage, which yep. is all you can ask for from him. But I, at one point he was like 13 for 20, which is very good. Mm -hmm. And the running game just like hadn't gotten going. And he was actually doing a pretty good job, like, uh, you know, hitting like the more chunk plays, like in the, the 10 plus yards area. And then we would follow it up with like a run or a, like, you know, a swing pass or a wide receiver screen. And none of those were working. And I'm like, why don't you like, the thing that we always want to do, the chunk plays, the thing that we say are important, that is working. Why don't we keep going back to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a frustrating game, man. This is, this is why we have this podcast. This is why we do yeah. this. So we can vent out some of these frustrations. Um, but yeah, it's tough because, you know, the, the, those, that's one of those things where like, you know, it's working, but if you keep trying it and, you know, it, it starts going dry and you haven't tried anything else, you know, now, now what do you do? So I kind of get the, uh, you know, the idea of having to mix things up, but I am fully agreeing with you that we should have just kept the pressure on and just kept pushing it downfield. Yeah. It, it, well, it felt like we weren't mixing it up. It felt like we were mixing in the passing game. Yes. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, we yeah. were trying yeah. to run and mixing in the passing game and like, Hey, just reverse it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into this maybe a little bit when we do our, our Michigan state preview, but I think that'll be something that's interesting to see coming off a game where you're playing a far inferior opponent and you have a bit of a sluggish start. How do you open up 
against Michigan State, right? They are five and six, I think. You know, they're they're a bit more talented on paper than Rutgers, yeah. Um, but they're having but a bad sh- year. They're having a bad year, and it should be a similar situation where we should be able to move the ball well. And it, it'll be interesting to see how that first quarter goes. Of of do they take some things they learned from Rutgers and and mix that in earlier, or or make that the identity earlier, or do they stick with maybe the similar game plan and and hope the execution's a little bit better? Yeah, we'll, we'll um, cover that in in the next episode. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Um, the only other thing I got out of the play calling, I thought there's a lot of running from Drew Aller. Um, you know, for for a guy who's not quite known as a mobile quarterback, uh, six carries for 27 yards. He did have that one 19 yarder that was pretty nice. Um, I think that one was just a roll or a, a scramble. I don't think that was a designed run, but there were like four designed runs. This is garbage time against Rutgers. I have been clamoring for Drew Aller to get playing time all year. Don't put him in harm's way so much, please. I, I'm not saying bubble wrap the kid. Let let him let him play. But uh, I thought that was a little interesting. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't loving those calls. Down then it'd be one thing if the game was on the line, and I was like, yeah, you know, that's a good skill for him to learn. But I, I'd like to see him just pass the ball to the end zone. Yeah, and he <laughs> he threw a couple up that you know his his stat line passing ends at five for ten with forty two yards. Not great, but um, there were a couple that um, I think, you know, going forward will be hits. There was one he threw into the end zone, ended up getting the pass interference call that it looked like maybe if, if the receiver, I don't remember who it was, but if the receiver had like a half a second more, he was going to break free from the defender. Could have been a touchdown. Uh, he had the nice one to Amari Evans over the middle for like 10 yards. So I'm continuing to like what I see from Drew. I'm happy we're getting him playing time. Again, it's never as much as I want, but in a blowout, he gets, you know, a quarter and change uh, to, to, to hone some of these skills. And, you know, I tweeted out earlier today, too. It's such a nice sight to see uh, Aller, Singleton, and Allen in the backfield for victory formation. You know, 15-13-10. That's going to be something we're going to get used to. And uh, and I think, yeah, it was just – it was fun to see those guys have a really nice game. Yeah, um, absolutely. What else? Oh, the defense is fucking tremendous. That's what else. Um, yes. Outside of that first, you know, half a quarter or so where, where it looked like Rutgers was moving the ball pretty well and, and a couple plays here or there, you know, I mentioned the slant that went for a big gain earlier that, that Kalen King was able to chase down. Um, there were a couple of running plays that, you know, went for a little bit more than I wanted to. Um, but this team, I mean, they, they hold Rutgers to 32 rushing yards on the ground, 135 passing yards. There are 15 tackles for loss and four sacks. This is why I had a hard time picking the lion for this game. Cause there were so many guys in this defense who just played incredibly well this game. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where to start. Jair Brown fumble return. Curtis Jacobs strip sack. Jair Brown picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. Incredible. Abdul Carter continues doing what he does. The closing speed on his sack, unreal. He had a tackle for loss I just tweeted out a, a couple hours ago. Just unreal. Sheds a couple blockers like they're fucking mosquitoes on his arm. Gets the tackle. Like These guys were just flying around being the better team. Yeah, and I, honestly, you know, it's funny enough, in the first quarter, I did not – they also, I felt like, started a little sluggish. And it didn't show in the same way that it showed with the offense just because this unit is so good. But, like – that touchdown they gave up, I was, you know, Rutgers kind of marched down the field and like yeah. put it in easily. And I was like, oof. 
what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that touchdown, that scared me too, because that guy was like wide open. I, I think it was Kalen King on him at that time, and he was, yeah. you know, several yards away from the receiver. He never had a chance. Um, but but then, I think all in all, they yeah. found their groove, and it was After just, that, was, yeah, total yeah. dominance. Um, um, Abdul Carter looked incredible. Yeah, he uh, gets One of the best performances to watch. not win a lion. Yes, agree. And I almost gave it to him. I think we gave it to him last week, maybe. Um, yeah. He's got at least but, one this year, I think, too. Yeah, and he's gotten several several uh, random awards as well. I, I gave him yeah. the the Here to Stay award. You gave him one when he when he had his breakout game. Very uh, commendable I, player. Yeah, he's been, and he just gets more fun every single game. He threw up. Uh, I think it was after maybe after sack or the tackle for loss. He threw up the the Wakanda Forever sign. That was just really cool to see. Um, he just gets more fun to watch, and he is a true freshman. We say this about so many guys on this team, but it's incredible that he's only going to get better next year. Um, yeah. Kobe King was great. Jair Brown, Curtis Jacobs, Johnny Dixon. I, I mentioned this earlier. You know, someone, I love someone, Johnny Dixon, man. Someone mentioned him on, on my tweet about who's not getting enough recognition. Um, he had a, what should have been a pick six. Uh, you know, we yes. get called for a, we get called for a blindside block on, I think it was Kaziah Izzard. I'm not saying it was a bad call. I think I think it was like 50-50. Like, yes, he hit him kind of on the side, and I know that's the rule now, so the refs kind of have to call it. But I think Johnny was taking that into the end zone regardless of that block. So it kind of – I almost wish they would have just been like, hey, let the boys play. Um, but that was a beautiful interception because you watch it back. He doesn't get beat, but he does hesitate for like half a second on this like little stutter from the wide receiver, and he makes up the ground, just throws the hands out, Picks, takes off. I mean, this guy, he he is in place for Joey Porter Jr., a projected first-round draft pick, a potential top 10, top 15 guy. And we haven't missed a beat. Like, I, of course, I miss Joey Porter Jr. I'm not going to say he hasn't been missed. But Johnny Dixon has, has stepped in and played really admirably in, in, in Joey's absence. Like, I think he has a pass deflection in three straight games now. Um He's, he's just been in, and again, this is a guy that we got from a transfer portal is uh, South Carolina, I believe came in a couple yeah. of years ago and, and has made the most of his time. Um, I, I think he's really like an unsung guy that, you know, you don't, you don't talk about a ton, but he's played, he's played his ass off. Yeah. I, you know, I, Johnny Dixon looks incredible, man. I think he's going to be a guy who's uh, next year is going to be fighting to be in that, you know, day one, day two conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Day one absolutely. might be a little ambitious. I uh, just got to know yeah. if he has that kind of hype, but, but yeah, I mean, I, corner, I, I think, I think that second, third round, I think he can easily land in there. Yeah. Corner is such a premier, premier position. Say that 10 times mm-hmm. fast. Um, that if you have the skills, if you have the skill set of, you know, can run with wide receivers, has those fluid hips, has some ball skills, understands the assignments. If you have that teams will take those chances on you early and develop you into NFL starting caliber players. And, and I think he's on his way. Um, so shout out John Dixon. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, talked about the Russian game receiving, receiving no one, nothing crazy uh, this game for, you know, like, like you said, uh, Cliff ends 17 of 26 for 157. The one touchdown pass to Tyler Warren, um, but Tinsley five for 63. Uh, Harrison Wallace three for 49. Uh, I, I thought he stepped in very nice. Um, the Clifford Clifford to Clifford connection happened. Uh, one one yard, uh, one pass for 10 yards. You love to see that. Um, those are just moments that those guys will will never forget. Um, 
and and yeah, I, I'm I'm rambling at this point. I know I'm not saying a lot in these last couple minutes here, but it was just a really really fun game. It started out a little slow, finishes off fantastically, and and yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no not always a ton to talk about in a uh, in an absolute blowout like this. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, let me let me end with this. Jake Pinniger, six of six on extra points, one yeah. goal from twenty twenty from twenty two, and uh, Sanders Tehadak comes in at the end, drills a twenty yarder chip shot. We would expect to hit him, but it was very pretty, right up the right in the middle of the upright. So, uh, you know, that is our future kicker. So you love to see that. Pinniger's been a nice kind of comeback surprise here as the season gone on. Yeah, yeah, he really has. And I mean, this is his final year of eligibility. Uh, I think he's one of those like senior plus guys that came back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll talk about this after the Michigan State game, too. We'll do, uh, you know, in between in between that and bowl game, we'll look at, you know, predicting which guys we think are going to leave early, talking about the guys that are out of eligibility, where we, we might think they go in the NFL. So stay tuned for all of that. But this is just a good win, ladies and gentlemen. It's 55-10 over a Rutgers team that you absolutely should dominate. And despite a slowish start took care of business when it mattered. Now, uh, should we do some rankings talk? Yeah, let's do some rankings talk. We are recording this. It is Tuesday night at 6.59 p.m. Eastern. When does college football playoff do their rankings? Not yet. I'm going to guess it drops at like 8 or something. Yeah, got to be right. Um, So we come in at the AP at 11, I believe we stayed, right? Yeah. Coming to 11. And what, what do you expect out of the college football playoff ranking? So I put this out as a poll. I said, do you think we stay at 11, 10, 9, 8, or higher? I am expecting 10 or 9. I, I don't think we'll get 9. I think we'll get 10. But, I mean, you, you look at Tennessee just getting absolutely demolished. Um, who else lost that was above us? Um, Utah, but they lost to the team one spot below us. Correct. So that, that's Oregon a will tough. likely jump us. Right, right. Which is, I mean, it's so, and this, this is where you start to see some of their, you know, the committee's biases of like, who do they want in these bowl games and these New York six games? Who do they want to be a little bit higher? It'll be, I'll be very, very intrigued on how far they drop Tennessee. Um, I do think Oregon could potentially jump us, um, but I, I would be shocked if we are not at least 10. Uh, so I voted for we. I think we stay at eleven. I got to be honest. Um, really? Yeah. I, so funnily and funny enough, this is actually the argument I always make against the SEC. Um, but this year I'm making it against us for the SEC. Quality wins matter more than quality losses. Every year, all I hear about from SEC teams is that no, no, they only lost to this team and this team. I I don't care if you don't have a top twenty five win. I can't put you above, you know, three teams with the same record that do. Like, and I, I'm yeah. not a fan of the idea that a ranking should be, oh, do you really think Penn State wouldn't beat this team? Yeah, they might. But that's not what the rankings are. The rankings are a measure of your resume. That's what they're supposed to be. That's what they should be. And then, and then if all of that is even, then you go to the eye test. But if you've got two teams with the same record and one of them's got multiple top 25 wins, I think you have to give them enough. I think they're dropping the rankings right now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the top four will remain unchanged. Georgia, yeah. Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. It, it's going to be all about Tennessee. Tennessee at five. Like, 
I mean, that was a, a, a brutal loss to a South Carolina team who is not very good. No. Like, it, that's an ugly loss that should drop you significantly. Also, Hendon Hooker is out with a torn ACL. Do they take that into account? They can't. shouldn't. They shouldn't. They, no. they shouldn't. But do they? Do they look at the future and say, hey, Tennessee's now on a backup quarterback. We don't know how they're going to finish, in, and do we want them in a, in a better bowl game? I'm telling you, some this is Illuminati shit that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, I know. But, like, if you ask me, I mean, Tennessee should still be ranked above Alabama. They have the same yeah, exact they, record, and they have they the beat head-to-head them head-to-head. Head. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so you've got Tennessee, LSU, USC, Alabama, Clemson, and then Oregon probably. So if they just shuffle them around and keep us at 11, I could see it, but – I think that's how it goes. And again, I think it's just, it's really tough to work your way into the top 25 without the top 10 without a ranked win. Yeah. I mean, justify that. It is, it is, but that's, I mean, that's the, the problem with that. And and this is obviously me playing advocate for us here is you can only do what your schedule dictates, right? We, we have taken care of the teams that we are supposed to take care of. And our losses are two losses, which Alabama has two losses, right? Um, do they have two losses or just one? They have two. They, they lost two. to Tennessee and LSU. Right. Who else has two losses that's above us? LSU. Um, LSU. Who beat so, Alabama. Correct. So, yes, yes, I understand. I understand the quality win is more important, but for what our schedule is dictated, we have taken care of business for every team that has been on our schedule except your number two and your number three team in the country. That's, I mean – Guess what? Yeah. You know what? If we want to control our own destiny, we need to beat them. Obviously, you and I have been on that soapbox forever. You got to beat Ohio State. You got to beat Michigan. But for for all that's said and done, outside of that, our, our, our two losses are the best losses in the country, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> but again, I, I, yeah. I can't rank a quality loss over a quality win. I hear you. And, th- and, that, and- that, that is what the committee does for the SEC year in and year out. I don't think they should. I think it's I, it's I think it's such bullshit when they do that. Yeah. Um, and like it'll be a little salty when they do it this year when they don't do it this year in favor of the SEC. It'll be of a course. little annoying. But of course, it's just you know, I, if, listen. Is it Penn State's fault that Michigan State's having a bad year? That Maryland has underperformed a little bit. That Purdue isn't a little bit better. That Auburn sucks. No, they tried to schedule a good. Yeah. You know, a, a strong yeah. schedule. And like, hey, listen, it, it's a great argument for Penn State being a quality team. But I just, I cannot rank them ahead of teams with the same record that have significantly better wins. The best the yeah. best win on the schedule right now is Purdue. Yeah, which is, sucks. I mean, it's, there's no That's not there's terrible. No good... they're, I think they're what, seven and three? They're a decent yeah, program. But, yeah, but there's no good spin zone there of like, hey, at least no. we have this one, one great win. There's just, there's nope. not, I mean... The thing again, and this is not not to the rankings, but to our own like happiness. Taking care of the teams we're to- supposed to take care of has been fun. Beating up on Rutgers yes. and, and dominating Maryland, like yeah, the losses suck, and we'll say that. But we we've done what we we've had to outside of that. So it is seven oh five p.m. College football playoff uh, committee just tweeted out. Here we go. Uh, we are going to insert the reactions when it actually happens. Back to the end of this episode, so uh, we'll do a little bit of time travel. Um, By the time we finish recording the next episode. Exactly. We'll come back to this one, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we love you guys. We are 9-2. and two. Uh, Stay tuned. There will be a little bit of a, a post-edit here about the rankings. Pat, any last words before that? I can't believe where we ended up.
cannot believe it. Stay tuned. Unless it's exactly what I said. (laughs) My official prediction is 10. Yours is 11. Yes? Yeah. All right. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back shortly. We are. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, time travel. The college football playoff rankings have just been dropped. And Pat, you were correct. Penn State stays at number 11. Tennessee drops to 10 from 5. Oregon jumps up to 9. Uh, Clemson at eight, Alabama at seven. You've got LS, or I'm sorry, USC at six, LSU at five, and the top four remains unchanged. Not a whole lot more to say. You said a lot of it in your prediction. You explained your reasoning, but uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Oregon jumps up. They they jump us for their win over Utah, and uh, Tennessee, as as bad as that loss was, hangs around at number ten. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think we are where we should be. It's just it's tough to justify being inside the top 10 without a single ranked win. And uh, my honestly, my rankings hot take is that Alabama should have dropped to stay below Tennessee. Makes no sense. Um, if, if you're, if you're going to keep Penn state out because uh, a bad loss from, uh, from Tennessee doesn't mean so much to override a good win. You can't also drop Tennessee below a team that they just beat. They just beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Alabama has their losses to, to Tennessee and to LSU. I mean, what are their good wins on their on their schedule? They beat um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, who is ranked. Um, um, is that their only top 25 win? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Texas, um, Arkansas, Texas is ranked State. Now. Yeah, so, so they, I mean, they two, have... They have two ranked wins, but so do both. Couple. Tennessee and LSU, I think, both have at least two as well. Right, listen, yeah, they, so, all, all, all three of them have better resumes than we do. Yeah, yeah. Alabama deserves to be ranked the lowest of those three teams, though, by by a mile. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's going to happen because it's Alabama, and the committee loves Alabama. It's not going to well, happen. It, it, it I didn't think. Happen. I no, I'm saying that. even good. Like, <laughs> yes. All right, fair, fair, fair. Listen, listen, we're time traveling tonight. I'm a little confused. Um, it'll. I think to me, it'll be interesting. Tennessee is at ten. We're at eleven. Next week, we have Michigan State. They have Vanderbilt. Obviously, Vanderbilt is not great. They just had their first big win uh, in a long time over Kentucky. Alabama with James Franklin, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, But Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Tennessee will have a backup quarterback going. Um, To me, I think that will be interesting. Like if Tennessee, even if Tennessee wins, if it's like a close game over Vanderbilt and we dominate Michigan State, is that enough for us to flip in the final rankings? And we take 10, they take 11. Probably not. But I think that's the only way things change. Otherwise, even with a win here, it would take one of the top 10 outright losing, which crazy things happen in college football, but, you know. Well, it, not just one of the – because one of the top 10 is guaranteed to lose this week. Michigan-Ohio State. It's going to be, be somewhere between 6 and 10 loses. Right, because Michigan-Ohio State, one of them will lose, and they'll stay top five because they're you know that'll be their only loss if it's a close game. You know, if it's an if it's an absolute blowout, maybe they drop a little bit further, but um, those guys will stay up there. Uh, TCU's up there, Georgia's up there, LSU, USC. Those, you know, unless they lose outright, they're not falling. Um, so yeah, we would need something, I think, from six to ten to lose outright. Even five. Uh, if order. LSU loses, they might drop below us. They'd, they'd be true. nine and three at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I just, I had faith. I had faith coming into this tonight. I was like, we're going to be 10. I know it. I believe it. Uh, it just didn't happen. So now I think I'm, I'm accepting the fate that is uh, number whatever, number 11. 
pretty much. But you never know what happens. I mean, USC's playing Notre Dame, who's a quality program. Yep. Um, I, I don't think that would be if, – if Notre Dame won, I don't think that would be enough for them to jump us. That would be pretty crazy considering yep. they have like three losses and they lost to Marshall. Um, but they do have a very good win over Clemson. So who knows? But I doubt yeah. it. Yeah, let's well let's go let's go Texas A and M. Why don't you just shock the world, beat LSU, and let us jump up there? Absolutely, baby. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, checking back in with us. Uh, go listen to our Michigan State preview that will be out in a couple of days. Uh, and let's have a good end of the season. We are. Yep. Pat has one more thing. Hang on. And actually, we might have to splice this on to the uh, the newer the the more recent episode. Tonight is the um I, the All Star Classic Wrestling match. We've got multiple Penn State guys wrestling. Uh, Aaron Brooks is wrestling Parker Keckheisen, who I believe is ranked number two. Carter Starachi is wrestling um, Makai Lewis, who he narrowly beat in overtime of last year's NCAA championships. And Greg Kirkfleet is wrestling uh, Tony Cassiope out of Iowa, who he has never beat, but keeps inching closer and closer to. I believe that's all we have going, um, but it, it should be a hell of a match, a lot of fun. That is Tuesday night? That, yeah, that is Tuesday night, tonight, 8 p.m. So. Eastern. Check it out. Support Penn State Wrestling. Support all Penn State sports. A lot of good things happening. Um, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Let's go beat Michigan State. We are.